Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Corbeck. Sunday of Week 9 is done. DK. Yo. The Seattle Seahawks were, um, what's the word, disemboweled by the <laughs> Baltimore Ravens today. Yeah. Disemboweled is really, really descriptive. <laughs> I can really visualize that. 37 to 3. I mean, DK, did you shield your son's eyes from the game? I did, yeah. I didn't want him to see that. Um, man, remember how we were like, you asked me if it was offensive that they had a six point. They were, they had what was line six or something like that. And you were six. Like, Is that it offensive? turned out that you <laughs> turns lost out by uh, thirty one. <laughs> yeah, no, the Seahawks were absolutely just useless in this game. I mean, it was weird because everything that had, that had been good about them in coming into this game, like their defense had been really strong. They'd been stopping the run. You know, the pass rush was really heating up. Um, you know, their offense had been top ten in the NFL in a lot of categories, and then all of a sudden they just could do nothing. So. The Ravens are really good. Well, so on that now, I was wondering, so DK, we, we every week we do power rankings for the ringer. We have um, the ringer NFL staff writers all submit theirs and you can look at them at nflrankings.theringer.com. And I think this week was a real shift where I don't know who I'm going to put at number one this week, but I think I'm going to put the Ravens. Like, I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. I Do you guys disagree? Like, I was just watching this game and I'm like, what, just for starters, DK, not to... Well, actually not. I'm not going to pretend. I'm going to just pick at your wounds. The last three weeks, the Ravens played the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Lions. The combined score entering the fourth quarter. I'm just clipping the fourth quarter because they were not competitive. Entering the fourth quarter, those three games, the score was Ravens 86, opponents 10. Wow. 86 to 10 the last three weeks. Lamar, random stat I don't know what to do with, but he's 18 and 1 versus the NFC, which is ridiculous. But Ravens had 298 rushing yards today. Yeah, it was crazy. And the Seahawks had 28. I'm telling you, this is what I'm saying. The Seahawks were one of the best run defense teams in the NFL coming into this game. They were like, that was like one area where they were really getting strong. And then they just couldn't tackle anybody in this game. 
Yeah, they got run all over. I, but I, I got to say, as much as I was impressed by the Ravens' offense, I think I'm more impressed with the Ravens' defense. Yeah. I totally agree. The defense, uh, so they're allowing under 14 points per game, which is the best the Ravens have done since the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, which are probably the top two defense of my lifetime. And then Solak had this. The 2023 Baltimore Ravens are allowing a touchdown on 9% of their drives. And the last NFL team to do that was the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, which is crazy. And I apologize to whoever said this, but I don't remember. But I actually feel this way about their off the Ravens offense and their defense. Both the offense and defense are like a pitcher that has pitches that they can move. They have different speeds and the pitches break and different kinds of break and speed. But they all look the same coming out of their hand. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I, I just I don't know. I mean, I. I I will totally accept that there's still questions about whether the Ravens can like play, you know, down two touchdowns or whatever, like with Lamar. But like, I don't know. The Ravens with this defense aren't going to be down two touchdowns at any point. So, DK, are you going to be putting the Ravens number one in your power rankings? Because I'm going to do it. I think it's really close. I still I think I'm going to stick with the team who had number one last week. And that's the Eagles. They beat a very good Cowboys team, too, this week. So that was to me, that was a very impressive game from them as well, even though the Cowboys maybe could have won that game. But I look at the Eagles, and so I wrote down some of the reasons that I think that they're the number one team in the NFL. And it mainly comes down to just balance. Um, Top to bottom, is there a more talented team in the NFL than the Eagles right now? Um, The Giants. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's close. The Eagles don't have a single person named Tommy DeVito. And I think the Eagles, a couple of things come to mind, and this is something that we've talked about going even back into the summer. It's like they have this mathematical advantage that no other team has in the sense that they can not only do the read option and do the run game with Jalen Hurts, which is a massive advantage, but they steal an extra down so often with their ability to just dominate in the tush push. It's like almost automatic. And so they're like playing with an extra down. I think that advantage to me is just like, you cannot discount how massive that is. They have elite weapons on offense. AJ Brown is maybe the best number one receiver in the NFL. Devontae Smith, one of the best number twos. They have a good offensive line. Um, and to cap it all out, Jalen Hurts to me is like the calm in the storm quarterback where he never panics. He never looks worried. He never, you know, he's just like so even keeled all the time. And I don't know if you're getting that with Lamar Jackson, even though I think Lamar is playing really, really well. And, you know, not to like parrot what Craig has been saying forever, but like we haven't seen Lamar do this in the playoffs either. And so I still, I think, just barely have the Eagles with an edge, but it's very close. I think it's hard when it's when it's really close. You end up judging them by like history and what they've done. And I think the fact that the Eagles were just in the Super Bowl, they were the best team in the league last year. That's probably why they get the edge. And it's why I think I think the best team in the league right now, if I had to rank, is neither the Eagles nor the Ravens. I think I'm picking the Chiefs because wow, the, the Chiefs are essentially they're they're basically nine and zero in my book. I mean, look, they lost Week One to the Lions without Travis Kelsey. They lost by one. They only allowed 14 offensive points in that game. They had a pick six. And then they lost to the Broncos when Mahomes had the flu. And other than that, this team is 7-0. They beat Miami today, 21-14. Um, and look, they have the best quarterback in the league. And I think the defense for the Chiefs right now is the best defense that Mahomes has ever had. And while the offense looks okay and it, it looks very average right now, what the defense is doing is so impressive that I'm still taking them in any game because I get the best quarterback in the league and I get a top three defense in the league. They've held two out of 14 points. They held Herbert to 17, Trevor Lawrence to nine. And like I said, the Lions to 14. This defense is humming. They're third in the league and allowed uh, yards per play. Um, 
So even though the receiving situation is weird, it's not weirder than last year. And so I, I, I would still pick the Chiefs. I love, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, like he was the Giants defensive coordinator when they won 2007. And he's just very deep in Giants fans' hearts. And I, I, I talked about it on Friday where I think he did a great job getting it to it. And like, I feel like the Chiefs, they got pressure up the middle and they got unblocked pressure onto it and they really uh, hassled him. I think what's weird about the AFC is we spent all offseason talking about how the quarterback imbalance and all the quarterbacks in the AFC are better. And really what we've been talking about in season, I know Rodgers got hurt, is all the AFC quarterbacks, and this is true, are, are kind of led by like, like the contenders are actually have great defenses with questions at quarterback. Like the Browns had this incredible defense and Deshaun Watson to do nothing because the Browns defense, just like the Cardinals had like, 50 yards on 40 plays or something insane. By the way, speaking of that, did you know that NFC West scored a combined six points today? <laughs> the Seahawks had Stop three, it. the Rams had three, and the Cardinals had zero. It's so bad. And then, obviously, the 49ers. Clayton Toon and Brett Rippon couldn't get the job done, I guess. <laughs> it's like pathetic. That's horrific. Obviously, the Chiefs, the defense has been carrying them this season, but even the Dolphins in this game. The Dolphins offense was kind of dragged forward by their defense. Like the Dolphins defense actually played really well. Bradley Chubb probably had his best game as a Dolphin. And you just look around the Steelers. No offense, Craig. MVP candidate, Kenny Pickett, kind of, you know, being no, dragged no around by taken. the Steelers D. Like it's just the whole <laughs> AFC, the Jets, obviously. But my only issue with the Chiefs, Steve, uh, the Chiefs is a Super Bowl contender. Is they don't do anything. There's so many little things they do poorly. I'm not even going to talk about Kadarius Tony, but like they, Miko Hardman can't catch punts. Well, like kept, that's just a weird thing. Fair catching for his, like inside the five yard line. He's just like bad at it. And it's a weird thing for Super Bowl contender. And the other thing, they Chiefs don't have a third and one play, which is bizarre when DK is talking about how the Eagles are unstoppable on fourth and one and two. And the Chiefs just can't do third and one, which is so weird. And yet if Mahomes didn't have the flu and Travis Kelsey was healthy, they'd be nine and oh. Okay. Mahomes is so good. It, it, it is yeah, true though, is. Craig. It's like... We can pick nits about all these other uh, but variables I, I, It's that are an happening. argument for the Chiefs, I think, Heifetz just made. He's like, they're really not playing that great. And I'm like, they're basically 9-0. And that's what I was going to bring that up, too, is like, it feels like they are building towards getting hot at the right time. You know what I mean? Like, Rasheed Rice is coming on really strong lately for them. And he looks like he could be a potential game changer for him as the year goes on. We're seeing this with some, some you know, other rookies, too, this year. It's like, it takes them a while to figure out how to be a pro. But then by halfway through the season or so... You know, this is why there's the post, the post, the post by rookie bump. It's like you start to kind of like just play again instead of thinking all the time or whatever. And so maybe like Rasheed Rice can be this big difference maker for him going forward, and they can like actually start to do some stuff on offense. But right now, it's a, still very like you know kind of ugly at times. The Chiefs have that with Rasheed Rice, where they have the luxury of like they're just kind of like it, it, again the Chiefs' offense. To be clear, it's not playing well. Like Shil, uh, shout out Shil Kapati, our colleague here. Is there's a stat called success rate, which basically just measures your yards, but like in context of the play. So eight yards on first and 10 is good and successful and eight yards in third and 10 is not successful. And then you get success rate. And if you look at the 103 games that Patrick Mahomes has played, the Chiefs uh, performance today ranked 101st out of 103 games for success rate for the Chiefs. So the offense is playing very poorly. Having said that, I agree with Craig where it's like a soup or like a like a. Uh, I don't know. It's false. It's like a suit. It's getting itself together. Like the Chiefs have three months to get it's the reducing. offense together. Yeah, it's reducing. Yeah, you're trying <laughs> to like when you taste the soup. Like five minutes after you put it on the, it's not. It's psychotic to think that that's going to yeah. taste like Which, the way it's yeah. going to come out. Like if you, if the question is who is playing the best right now, I, I'm not picking the Chiefs. It probably is Baltimore. 
But if you're asking me who I think is the best team in the league and who I would bet on to win the Super Bowl, I'd still probably pick the Chiefs. So where do the Bengals come out in this? Because the Bengals just beat the Bills. Ironically, the Bills, I think, have what you were saying about the Chiefs and Rishi Rice, where the Bills have uh, Khalil Shakir and Dalton Kincaid coming on, where you're like, wow, these young guys are figuring it out. But the Bengals, dude, I was so impressed. Obviously, we've been talking about how Joe Burrow's back. Um, but Jamar Chase... Joe Burrow's back, like metaphorically, like he's returned. But then Jamar Chase literally hurt his back falling from like 11 feet in the air. And Chris Collinsworth was like, wow, that looked awful. And like, he clearly flashed back to some painful thing that happened to him in the 1980s. And he was like, oh, I promise. But I was so amazed that T Higgins just instantly like was like, okay, I'm the number one receiver now. As soon as Chase got hurt. And I was like, wow, the Bengals are impossible to stop. Yeah, they're exactly. They're another team that's really just coming into their side. By the way, I was looking at this. Because I was trying to formulate where I would put them in the hierarchy of the NFL at large right now. Well, that's what the power rankings are for. Correct. That's what the power rankings do. Um, by the way, the Bengals, last place in the AFC North. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I think they're the best team in the league, actually. <laughs> I think they're like, I feel like they're top five or six right now. They're in last place in their division. <laughs> I think they're, I think there's a tier of four right now. And it's, it's, it's the chiefs. It's the Eagles. It's the Bengals and it's the Ravens, right? That is also, tier what's one. funny is the Seahawks entered today in first place in their division and the Seahawks lost 37 to three. <laughs> this is why you don't do power rankings based on the standings, by the way. Also, I will shout out the AFC North for actually being what we said it would be. That's Doesn't funny. Make any sense. How last. are they in last place? Because Burrow didn't have a calf for five weeks. <laughs> Did I you know. see after the game, they asked uh, Burrow, what's the difference between your game? And he's like, what was missing from your game that you can do now? He's like, run. Yeah. I, dude, the Bengals just <laughs> have a swag. Bengals have Riz. You know what I mean? No team has Riz right <laughs> now except the Bengals. They're the only, I would say the Ravens and the Bengals have Riz. No one else. Do you have Riz or you get Riz? You, you, you have, you can Riz somebody up and you can also have Riz. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's short for charisma. You know that, right? <laughs> I did, but only because of the rizzed up by Livy, and I, I kind of forgot about it. So you said it just there. <laughs> well, Little baby Gronk. Joke. Whatever got, happened to baby Gronk? I think he retired to be a gamer. That's not a joke. <laughs> He's doing Twitch now. The 10 year old football player retired to become a gamer. And that's a real sentence that I just said. Do <laughs> <laughs> you retire to be a gamer at 10 or did you just keep gaming? Uh, well, he's, I think he's, I think he stopped playing football. I actually he don't stopped know playing about football? that. There's no way. There's no way his dad let him do that. Well, well I'm pretty sure he has pivoted involved. his career to focus on playing video games. Also, maybe it's <laughs> just took like a month off and we're like, oh my God. All right. Anyway, so the last place Bengals, they're really good. Um, and the top they're five, another top team that, that looks like they have no holes right now. Their defense is really strong. They have a good O line. They have amazing skill players. And Burrow is playing as good as he plays. So, I mean, Burrow is so back. The Bills are now what five and four. Buffalo, uh, AFC seems like it's going to come down to once again the Chiefs and the Bengals. All right, I, there was someone just tweeted this out, and I'm not, it was Josh Allen and his brain. And it was it was an alligator whose face was too big for its arms to do anything. And it was like an alligator trying to play the trombone and like the trombone's out here in his arms. And an alligator trying to climb the ladder and its face is stuck in the rungs. And it was just Josh Allen trying to do anything with his brain. And I was like, <laughs> it's like nothing can't. And I'm like, wow, that really is like watching every Bills game. He was playing it. He was balling out. I, I like the Bills still, you know. I feel like there's a lot of hate on Josh Allen right now. Like I still think Josh Allen is fantastic and most games looks amazing. No, I know. I'm being unfair. He is getting a lot of 
I mean, from, you know, various podcasters out here are just giving him shit for no reason. You know, I don't really know why. He just goes, he just goes wild. He's, he's a feral quarterback. He'll, he'll just do whatever, you know, <laughs> the intentional grounding call. That was like very clearly Gabe Davis ran the wrong route was, that was pretty bad. So if the, we're saying Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, top tier, who's the biggest fraud? So we're saying bills are absolved of fraudness, even though they, yeah, I don't think they're frauds. The Bengals. I agree. I think the Seahawks are frauds. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry to say. But I, but I also don't think anybody really considered them to be among the elite tier anyway. So this I think probably that's doesn't right. count. Yeah. I think the Wait, Dolphins we, are frauds. Apologies to our yeah. producer, Carlos. But <laughs> Carlos, if you want to defend yourself, get in here. Craig, keep <laughs> let, going. Let me, let me do my pitch and then Carlos can come in and rebuttal. So the Dolphins have lost to the Bills, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. They beat the Chargers in week one. They've beaten Russell Wilson and the Broncos. They beat Mac Jones. They beat the Giants with whatever quarterback was playing in that game. Not that it matters. Doesn't they beat matter. The pa- <laughs> they beat the Panthers. <laughs> and then they beat the Mac Jones and the Patriots again. The Dolphins have now lost seven straight games to teams with a winning record. The last time they beat a team over 500 was week three last year. What? Wow. That's pretty wild. They're averaging 17 points per game this year against teams with a record better than 500. This Whoa. team is like a Rube Goldberg machine where it's like fucking incredible to look at when everything's working right. But if you move one little piece out of place, the whole thing collapse. <laughs> Carlos, he called your so, favorite team a Rube Goldberg. <laughs> Respond. What is Carlos supposed to say? Wild. <laughs> what a wild accusation. But do you agree? I mean, we knew this was going to be the narrative. Like, if they lost this game, it is what Rube it is. Goldberg? I mean, you knew that was the narrative. You knew yeah, Rube sure. Goldberg was coming. I'm just, I guess, I'm just trying to understand what the rules are here because we just blatantly dismissed the fraud watch for the Bills. And if you look at their schedule, some of their losses are to the Jaguars, a good team, and who else did they lose to? The Bengals, a good team. Their best win on their schedule is the Dolphins, who we're saying are a fraud. Interesting. But that means the Bills can't be as fraudulent as the Dolphins if the Bills beat the Dolphins. That's like the Walter (laughs) White, like, don't bullshit a bullshitter. Sure. I'm just saying, look at what are their wins? Their wins are the Bucks, a bad team. The uh, Giants, a bad team. Sorry, Heifetz. Uh, (laughs) Oh, damn. The Commanders, a bad team. The Raiders, a bad team. Wow. He's deflecting. He's deflecting very powerfully here. It's um, deflecting 101. It. It's tough that he had no argument whatsoever for the Dolphins. <laughs> I really I mean, it. He was well, like, well, the no Bills argument. suck worse. It, that was the, the, no, there, there is no argument. I mean, look, if they lost to the three good teams they played, I'm just saying, what are the rules here? Because we just dismissed I the think, Bills. So, I think the difference mm-hmm. here is that mm-hmm. I, I've seen the Bills go to the AFC Championship. You know what I mean? I've seen the Bills. Like, <laughs> I guess that goes back to what you were saying before, that it goes back to like I've I've seen Josh history. Allen in big moments beat really good teams. I, I, they I do want to just clarify it. What's up? The Bills have not gone to the AFC Championship. It just felt that way because the Chiefs Bills. But I will, oh, the but Chiefs yeah. game. Yes. Oh, you're right. It was not the AFC Championship. It well, just it felt that Craig way. Craig was alive back in the 90s. So, yeah, me and Jim Kelly go way back. It's actually Liz's <laughs> father. Yeah, I was gonna say my <laughs> uncle. Uh, oh, so yeah. wait, I'm wrong. It was the AFC Championship, but it was a uh-huh. different game. Oh, wait, was, was it Bills Chiefs? Or am I crazy? They they played twice. The first one it was during the pandemic, and it all bled together. Okay, okay. So they have been to the AFC Championship. I was wrong. Um, but I think that's the only difference. And I, I know that's like feels unfair in the moment, but I'm like, look, if I've literally never seen this team beat a good team, it's hard for me to put them in the same bucket as a team that I have seen beat a good team. That's true. I mean, that, look, it, it's all fair. I get it. I, I, I totally get it. I just, I guess I get frustrated when 
uh, were sitting here schedule uh, evaluating, schedule scouting <laughs> the Dolphins specifically when you could do that for literally every team. All right. Well, I'm going to schedule scout the Dolphins and I'm going to say you're going on by and then the Dolphins play the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets. Yes. And if they don't fucking going, destroy though. the... They, I know. And then it's Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. And Ooh. so I, I was talking... That's to how they finished the season. And I was talking to Jastrzemski earlier today and Jastrzemski's... I mean... I. We don't talk about this enough. A New York radio host who's a Dolphins fan, which is like the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> right. And I don't give him enough shit. But it, it, this isn't going to go away because either the Dolphins are going to lose to some of these bad teams and either be in danger of missing the playoffs or the Dolphins are going to destroy these bad teams and then face Cowboys, Ravens, Bills down the stretch. Go I to think the they're going to so, do that. Yeah. And that's the thing. So the Dolphins are going to deal with this. Barring like a, a championship game or a Super Bowl appearance, like this is like going to follow Tua and the Dolphins into next season because the nature now of the narrative makes the schedules like this is who the Dolphins are. So for sure. There you and, go. you know, the three hard games have also been on the road, which is like doesn't help mm-hmm. the situation as well. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, Germany's right. not the easiest place to travel and play to. So, I, you know, <laughs> I say, it looked like a game where two teams flew nine hours and then went to work. You know, like. Also, yes. look, yeah. look, A-Chan's going to be back after the bye, we think. They're probably sure. going to win every game by 30 until these final three games. Like, there's a really strong chance that the Dolphins are, like, 11-3 and three by week 14. They'll split with the Jets, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, they'll lose to the Jets. Zach Wilson will steal a game, as he does. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos was with the real, like, depressed fan DNA just setting in right there. Like, no, they'll lose to the Jets, don't worry. All right. Well, thank you, Carlos. Sorry to just keep picking at your scabs. We should okay. bring you on more when things happen that are fun. Uh, Hyvitz, uh, who do you think is the fraud? Oh, the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> like, Carlos, get back out here. <laughs> oh, man. We had a lot of great games this week. We, we said, oh, every, every window this weekend, we had a huge game. Chiefs-Dolphins, and you had the Ravens and the Seahawks. Afternoon, you had Cowboys-Eagles. Tonight, Bills, Bengals, like, this is a week of the year. Well, I'll tell you what the game of the year was. Fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Houston Texans, game of the year. <laughs> Just like we all predicted. Hiding in plain that sight. That was so fun. Amazing yeah. game. 39-37, the Texans won in electrifying fashion. Fucking C.J. Stroud, dude, 470 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Set the single-game rookie passing yards record with 470. And, I mean... Got the ball back 45 seconds, marched down the field, scored a touchdown to win the game. It was a crazy final five minutes. Stroud was unbelievable. After like a couple weird games in a row, I feel like he hit that rookie wall that everybody talks about. And I mean, I mean, this guy's going to win the rookie of the year, obviously. A couple thoughts on the game, but first I have to read a couple things, which it's a little unfair, but I'm going to do it. CJ Stroud, first of all, Bryce Young had three interceptions today. And Stroud has what, two on the year? One. One. Yes, one but, interception. And Chris, I'm sorry to do this too, Craig, but CJ Stroud has more touchdown passes in his career than Kenny Pickett. What's his record? <laughs> I care about W's over here, all right? Kenny Pickett doesn't care about <laughs> touchdowns. We care the, about getting wins. We actually prefer I, to get outgained every single game and still win. We're kind of like a Nathan <laughs> for you bit as a team. I feel like watching this game... Sometimes you watch, I don't know how to say this, but like sometimes you watch a touchdown pass and you're like, all right, whatever. Like, what did you do? Right. You know what I mean? Like you watch a quarterback and you're like, wow, I can't believe you just get credit for a touchdown. He was wide open. The CJ Stroud, he threw five. They were incredible. Like they were incredible throws. And this game, 
I think it was actually one of the best games in the history of the Texans. I know they're only like 20 years old, but I actually think this is probably one of the four or five best games ever that Houston Texans have had. And that I, I can't remember who was the last quarterback we were so sure was absolutely health like going to be a starting an above average starting quarterback in the NFL for 10 years. Like not counting Mahomes who sat on the bench. Like when was the last time the guy was this immediately incredible? I think Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. It was yeah. Herbert. Yes. That's like, he's That's high so praise, good. Though. Like, yeah, he's immediately become ridiculously good. By the way, I'm just looking at the rankings right now. He He's averaging more fantasy points per game than Patrick Mahomes. This guy had Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz, and Noah Brown all go over 100 yards. I love this. You see the top three re- receivers by yardage entering tonight. So Ian Hardy tweeted this out where Amari Cooper and then Noah Brown and then, um, oh no, Amari, uh, uh, wait, no, shit. Oh, CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, Noah Brown. So all three were Cowboys. But the, and then oh, Dalton Schultz, yeah, 130 yards. Dalton Schultz is like randomly like one of the best days of his career. Like CJ Stroud, oh, I, DK, we studied the draft, like, but you studied the draft the most of the best. <laughs> Thank and you. You hated Stroud. Explain that. <laughs> you ranked False. him. Actually, he was my QB one, so no big deal. But um, yeah, to me, the the this is something that we've uh, I've seen a lot on Twitter already too. But so I'm not like trying to pile on necessarily, but. Remember how much hand wringing there was about the S two test that he bombed? Like, yeah, he's just really good at football. Who fucking Ex- cares? Explain what that is. Explain what the S two test is, though. Well, I don't actually know that. And this was okay. part of the reason that we were, I think, dubious to like put too much stock into it. We talked about this on the draft show. We're like, it, it's a black box in some ways. Like, I don't know exactly what the test is. We haven't seen the history of what the test tells you. How much correlation there is to quarterbacking? All you hear is these vague sort of, you know, insinuations that it's very important. You know, that's like ba- basically all we know about it. It's a like cognitive ability test. It, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it, I think they're, the basic idea is like to measure how quickly you can uh, see and react to things in your vision or in space or whatever and how quickly you can make decisions. What is decisions. it like they throw tennis balls at you while you're taking an SAT? So, again, like an I don't SAT. actually know. That's the problem. It's like, why, why do we put any stock in this? You know what's a better test than like a, like an on paper or like some type of interactive cognition uh, ability test? It's to just watch the, the real test is like when they play football on the field. <laughs> it's such a good point, Craig. Yeah, yeah. The S two test, I, I don't know. The S two test thing, I get people are like, oh, Stroud. The S two. I'm like, he went second in the draft. Still though, it was a huge talking point. I just don't want to like forget that that was something that we were actually really worried about, and people were starting to like downgrade him because of that um, throughout the process. That being said, you're right. He did to go second. I think the Texans made the right choice in, in drafting him. And, and honestly, they're starting to look like like they were kind of right based on the fact they went all in on this draft. You remember, they traded back up to second Yeah, they overall. gave up a tremendous amount to take Will Anderson. So it take Will Anderson. And then, I'm, and then we were like, what the fuck are you doing? This could be like a top five pick next year. Um, but turns out they had a lot of confidence in what Stroud could do in elevating this offense. You know, obviously, I think the coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for Houston um, because this is just a really fun team to watch. They're getting a lot of good play from a lot of guys you re- really wouldn't expect. Tank Dell has been amazing. Um, yeah. And some of their like free agent picks have been, or some of their free agent signings have been really good. Like you said, Dalton Schultz has been really awesome. So I don't know, man, a lot of credit to them, but they're just a really fun team to watch. I think it does start with Stroud. First well, they also, there's nobody that they got production from that was hard to expect than freaking Dario Gabawale, the third string oh, yeah. running back. Kicking a field goal, the field, the freaking kicker gets hurt. So first of all, they screwed up all the gambling and all the bets. 
I I actually went on the Ringer Wise Guys, the show we do for FanDuel, and um, I actually gave out the Bucks getting three points, which because I knew that the kicker would get hurt and they'd have to go for two and everything. So, but the, it screws up all the gambling, and that's to say nothing. I'm always amazed that when the kicker gets hurt, that the punter can't do the kickoffs. It's I, such I, a I don't joke. Want to be it a makes co- no sense. <laughs> It has been explained to me, and every time I'm just kind of nodding, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, this does, <laughs> how can you be a punter and not be like the backup? How is it explained guy? to you? What's what's the reasoning? They're like, well, it's different, and then they explain leg muscles, and I'm like, oh, I'm what, like, well, like, Dare Ogubawale can do it, but the punter can't. The guy who kicks every thank day. Thank you. It's it literally I, it doesn't make any sense. I feel like I'm in calculus. Have you guys ever gone to training camp and watched like the kickers practicing? They just, again, I'm probably like they don't do completely anything. oversimplifying everything and I'm sure kickers are going to be mad at me, but it's like they just fucking hang out and kick no, on no, the it's side. just vibes. <laughs> like you can't practice kicking off too. Do you remember in PE, the girls who like didn't want to play football and they would just walk the track? That's what the coach would make them do? <laughs> it's kind of like what the kickers yes. do. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so like I, didn't bring my, I didn't bring my shoes and then the, just the, like the school had a rule. So that the school had a rule, you'd have sneakers. They're like, I don't have them. It'd be like yeah, idiot guys like sweating their ass off at 10 in the morning playing football. And then there's just be like six girls walking the track. Oh shit. So oh, the kicker can, conti- the kicker contingent's going to come after us after this. First of all, blasphemy. no, they won't. They're fine. And the Ogun Bawale. Oh, actually they might. Cause the kickers don't forget that all the kicker punter pipelines run by a mafia. So like there's one, too, kick- yeah. there's one special teams camp. We'll get into that later. But the, I can't, he made the 29-yard field goal, and he just like, was so chill about it. Like, he didn't even be like, Argh! like he just was like, yep, ran back like a normal kicker. He kicked, uh, sorry, you, maybe you just said this. He kicked off, too, and it, like, kicked it, booted it into, the, like, the end zone. I'm not going to lie. Dude's I watched this, and I was like, how hard is this? Why, like, <laughs> I was like, this seems just as easy as I always thought it was in my head. Also, like, maybe they should have the punters, like, just, like, once a, once a week, kick a couple field goals at practice. Unbelievable. <laughs> And you know what else? I was once a week. It can be on like Thursday. Just kick five. Instance. Like you gotta make five before you go home on Friday. I don't oh know. God, it, it's it's kind of like how when you watch basketball and then anyone misses a free throw and you're like, how? But like, with the exception that, of like, what yeah. else do you do all day? Like, how much it, punting yeah. are you doing that you can't make? I don't know. What do you, you think? think my, what do you think special teams meetings are like? Okay, so on this one, we're gonna kick it to the right. <laughs> like special teams meetings. I played Madden. They have three plays. It's punt left, punt right, punt middle. I mean, I mean specifically for the kickers, not necessarily for all the coverage guys, because I know that's a little more complicated. But I'm like, isn't there basically like three directions you can kick it? I think that, <laughs> here's how their meetings go. Here, this is how I think their meetings go: right, uh, left, and middle. Anyway, G42 and the, bingo. That's how I think their meetings go. <laughs> go fish. I'm just Sorry, kidding. Just These are all so athletes and far more yeah. athletic than I'll ever be. So congrats to all you guys. What are you guys afraid of Pat McAfee calling us out? about no, punter I did, honestly, like, it, is a good take, it is a good take that the punter should absolutely be the backup kicker. Of There's course. no excuse for that. Come on. But the yeah. other thing I'll say, the other thing I'll say, I actually think the Texans won the game because the kicker got hurt. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but I think that they were so much more aggressive on third and fourth down because and they didn't kicking. have the option. Yeah. And I flashed and they went for the two point conversions. They got them. And I, I flashed back to like something Eli Manning said on one of the first Manning casts. And it like blew my mind and him and Peyton, Eli just said this casually. I was like, what? And Peyton just nodded. And he was like, 
I always like being down four more than I like being down three. Yeah. And I was I like, what a stupid thing to say. And then Peyton Manning's like, yup. And I was like, and Eli's like, I know that sounds crazy because you could tie the game of the field goal, but like, that's the problem. The coaches just get so much more, and I'm not quoting him, paraphrasing him, but it's like burning my mind. He's like, the coaches get more conservative when you know you just have to get a field goal. And when you're down four, they've nothing to lose. They let you rip it. Yeah. And they just, and, and I'm like, that's Kenny Pickett's freaking career, right? Like, it's just like, oh my God, don't, don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. And then you, it's you score or lose. And then the Steelers can move the ball. And it's like this, there was a free, I think the reason the Texans had this freedom was they're like, well, we got to get to the end zone or else. And yeah. look what happens. Everyone played incredible. Love that. Yeah. I really Burn did feel boats. like we were watching the first game of the future where I was like, if they ever get rid of kicking, this is what football will look like. And it was way more electric. I mean, I actually think they only went one for three uh, with on second uh, on two point attempts. But the last one was the big one that mattered. Think about that base math, though. One for three. That's if you kick three extra points, that's three points. And if you make one for three, that's two. But if you make all three, that's six. Like the math is disproportionate. You know what I mean? I know that's insane, but you know what I'm saying? Well, it depends on what the success rate is of getting a, a two point conversion, like historically, I suppose. Or you'd have to do that math. Because if you only get it 33% of the time, then it's even. Or then it's worse. You know what I mean? I wish I knew off the top of my head what it is. For some reason, I thought it was like close to 50%. I think it's better than half. Oh, well then, yeah. Then theoretically, you should. That's what the, we're not going to, but that's why the teams go for two now, down 14. I know. Which happened today. I'll Google it. Oh, and the Bills-Bengals game. The the Bills did that and got it. The base math for that is just... If you think about trying to get the touchdown, you're just trying to get the overtime, which is a coin flip, right? And then if you think of each two point as a coin flip, it's like, just do the coin flip now. Yeah, I get it. You, you know what okay, you so need earlier. Various sources estimate the success rate of a two-point conversion to between 40 and 55%. Uh, that was according to Wikipedia. I don't know how so, accurate oh. that is. No, they literally have the little sources on the Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, you can click the little number. Yeah, there's like a, the like a number above the sentence. You well, no, but it was it, the hyphens. Remember how we always talk about how the internet is like lying to you all the time? This is one of those things that you just Google it and then it comes up on Google uh, without clicking it. So, but again, it's like these analytics like sound great in a vacuum. But like if, if your quarterback is Zach Wilson, I don't think I'm going for two every single time because I don't trust him to get it 40% of the time. Analytics, all right, the, this is bothered. Analytics, the coach's jobs to decide. We can go. I don't know how we got on this. <laughs> I believe the you future football. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, you know why I brought it up? Because I don't want to think about the Giants, but fine. We can talk about the freaking Giants. Tough day. Tough day. Uh, I would, we, I, it's honestly, it's the funeral for the Daniel Jones era. I think the Daniel Jones era ended today. The kind of, but the Giants lost to the Raiders 30 to six. It didn't financially end today. That's for sure. No. Well, <laughs> it sounds like Daniel Jones tore his ACL. I think he's done. It sounds like it will probably get confirmed tomorrow, but like, it sounds like he's done for the season. Tyra Taylor's and I are. It's the Tommy DeVito show through at least Thanksgiving, it sounds like. Here we are. Oh, my Lord. Which is AK Goodfellas. I, do the Giants win one more game the rest of the season? Like, that sounds optimistic. I mean, it, the NFL's weird, so probably, but th- they're legitimately maybe the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, it's like the Giants are very possibly, like, going to get a top five pick, but, like, might get the first or second pick. Like, the Giants... Today was the first time I... The Giants almost beat the Bills two weeks ago. Like, today was the first day I realized the Giants might get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Like, I didn't think about that really seriously until today. But... And how did that make you feel, genuinely? Better. Because I think that... (laughs) um, You know what? I think the Giants had a really hard decision coming up with Daniel Jones and that this decision was just made for them. Because 
I, I really do think the Giants are going to take a quarterback now in the draft. Like they will be in position and they're going to do it. So I'm confused because, and I'm being an avatar for the audience a little bit here, but like, didn't they just sign him to this massive fucking deal? How can they get out of this contract already? Explain this to me. Contracts are fake. Because, I know. So it's every, <laughs> I get that, but here's let's, why. let's break it down. He signed a deal for four years and $160 million, right? No, he didn't. No, it, it, that's the, he signed a deal for two years and 90 million. That's why every, so in the NBA, there's always like, oh, he has this deal with like for two years and then it's a team option. And like, you never hear that in the NFL, right? The word team option. Every contract's a team option. Like they can fire, unless it's a one year deal, every deal they can fire. It's like every year beyond that first or second or the third year, it's like a team option. And so for, even for quarter, that's why the Sean Watson deal was such a big deal. It was like, that actually is five year contract. Daniel Jones, what they did was they're like two years for 90. Next year is a huge cap. It. It's like $47 million. Long story short, they would probably push the money out in the future. I actually think now what they're going to do is they're going to keep Daniel Jones and they're probably going to like keep and take this massive $47 million cap it next season. And they're going to draft a quarterback in the top five. And I think they're going to keep that guy and Daniel Jones because they can't get rid of him. Daniel Jones is going to probably be the quarterback to start next season. And they'll transition to the rookie at some point in the middle of the year. And then they will cut or trade Daniel Jones before 2025. And for like a pretty reasonable bounce. This is like the Alex Smith, uh, Patrick Mahomes ascension. Yeah. Or like the card. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I think the Chiefs won like 11 games that year, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I kind of nodded. It's not a perfect metaphor. I didn't really get it either, Craig, but yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm saying like mainly just. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, maybe didn't play his first year, is my point. He played behind Alex Smith, who is no, 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 no. like to a be career clear, sort of... Daniel Jones would get benched. He would not be Alex guy. Smith. And I hope that um, the new quarterback does not learn much from him. Uh, <laughs> okay. But no, I just think that he just financially has to be on the team 2024. But there, there's no reason to keep Daniel Jones at this point. You know why? I was watching it. The Giants, so they fell behind for 20, by 20 points today. It's the fourth time this season the Giants fell behind by 20. I saw that stat and I was like, oh my God. And I was watching it. It was such, so clarifying because it was the Giants Raiders side by side with the Eagles Cowboys game. And I just kept going back. And I was with my brother today. I kept going back and forth and watching these two games. And I'm like, the Giants are so fucking far from competing with these goddamn two teams. Like our Giants, the best two players, like Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence. I'm like the Eagles and Cowboys have like 11 of those. Like there are so many good players. I know it's stupid to say. There's so many good players in the Cowboys and Eagles and the Giants are so far. And then I kept thinking about how could the Giants possibly compete with these teams? They're bereft of talent. And I'm like, the only way is to get a CJ Stroud. Like the Giants don't, Daniel Jones is not and will, will never be that guy. And like, Craig, I'm sorry to say, Kenny Pickett's not that guy. Like, if you if you do not have an absurd, disgusting amount of talent in your team, the only there are nine good quarterbacks that you feel great about your future with, and you get one of the nine, or you just like you you just like decay. And the Giants just have to get this pick right in the draft. They have to go get that guy. It's like the only way to live. I'm curious here. What were you in the tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May camp before today? Was that even had that even crossed your mind, really? Or is today like a pivot point? Obviously, the injury is very significant. I know that. But like, is this the first time you've thought about this? Not thought about it. Like, obviously, I was aware that the Giants could like have a bad. I, I hope everyone's not sitting here thinking I'm delusional. Like, I didn't know the Giants could be bad. It's like, it's hard to get the first pick in the draft. Like, the Cardinals, 
traded Josh Dobbs away because they were like afraid that he would win a game. Like, like <laughs> it's hard to win one game. Like teams by accident win four games all the time. Like the winning one game can be the difference between having the third pick and like the eighth pick. It's just hard to be in the range for like the top two, especially when the Cardinals have two first rounders and the Bears have two first rounders. So my thinking was like, don't get your hopes up. And today was the first day. It was like, they actually might have the worst record in the league. Today was the first time I realized that the Giants would be worse than the Panthers or Cardinals. That's totally possible. And it felt like today was a big, today felt like the beginning of the tankathon, right? It felt like, yes. it felt like the Giants lose Daniel Jones. And it's like, all right, we're in full tank mode. The New England loses to the commanders. And it feels like, okay, we've officially accepted it. We have two wins. We are two and seven. We are in full tank mode. And then obviously you have Chicago and Arizona in the mix as well, because Carolina gave their uh, pick to Chicago. So it really does feel like right now from here on out, it is like who can lose the most games. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the quarterbacks for these teams tanking are remarkable. We have Clayton Toon. We have Tyson Bagent. We have Tommy DeVito. <laughs> And we have Mac Jones. Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones, who's a first-round pick. <laughs> Mac Jones. The Giants, I, I don't want to talk about the Giants too much because honestly, I do think the Raiders deserve credit. Not necessarily because they won, but because they won in a way that disrespected Josh McDaniels as much as humanly possible. God, <laughs> so good. Funny. Was so good. <laughs> the new coach theory really is bulletproof. Bill was tweeting about it today. The, the, the first game after the coach is fired, the team is so fired up. And they always play well. Like the Jags post urban, like the Colts last year, won with Jeff Saturday, like it, it always happens. And with Antonio Pierce, the Raiders look so good that I think they came out of the gate. It was like 14 zero immediately. They were running all over the place. They like hadn't passed hundred yards rushing all year. They had 130 today. Josh Jacobs played well. Aiden O'Connell played well. Cause Josh McDaniels started Brian Hoy over him three weeks ago. Um, everyone's like ecstatic in the locker room. Like the Raiders are the happiest they've ever been. There's like videos of Devonte Adams, like playing basketball in the locker room, <laughs> like offensive linemen were like wrestling and like tussling each other's hair. Like they're in cartoons. Hunter Renfro was like, Oh yeah. Like the vibes are incredible right now. It, it, I just can't imagine what it's like to be Josh McDaniels at home watching this happen. I guess he's counting his money, but man, <laughs> The reports out of the Raiders, like what after the firing, was like it's like if you read like what the streets looked like after V Day when America like won World War II, it's like literally just people in the streets just celebrating. Like the, it's just Hunter Renfro's out there kissing some nurse or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's a just, world oh, famous yeah. picture. <laughs> the vibes are just like immaculate. The wait, the also the Jay Glazer story on Fox today was unbelievable of the Antonio Pierce speech. So yeah, laid out, laid out. Antonio Pierce gave a speech prior to McDaniels getting fired. Um, Antonio Pierce was on the 2007 Giants when they beat the Patriots. And Antonio Pierce yeah, baby. gave this whole story about, you know, the team and, and, and like what galvanized them and like real underdog mentality and like, you know, the mindset that went into it. And, and I guess he kind of like disparaged the Patriots a little bit. And, and apparently the, the, the team loved it. The players were super <laughs> energized by it and motivated and they loved it. And then McDaniels pulls Antonio Pierce aside and is like, don't you ever fucking disrespect the Patriots like that again. <laughs> Craig, this is why when you said, I wonder what Josh McDaniels thinks of this. I'm like, he probably doesn't think about it. He's oblivious. Like what kind of person does that? Dude, the <laughs> Fucking read the room. His team's like read laughing and team. crying. And he's like, hey, none of that. <laughs> All right. The Pats were a special team. <laughs> God, dude, such an ass. 
Yeah. The Simpsons meme is like, am I wrong? No, it's the children's who are wrong. That's a, that is absolutely what it is. I love that. So look, I, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Raiders after this game, but today was sp- something special. The new coach theory is <laughs> is something special. I, it's also, always the ha- first and only game, though, I feel like. Is yes. this going to yeah. stick at all? They're just thrilled. I, I mean, they have cigars. Like I, you see that for the playoffs, they all it's it crazy. Like they had victory cigars. It's like a, it's like the guy who gets out of a bad relationship the first night out with all the with all the boys, just having the best time imaginable. This is the best. It's like when you just get a haircut, and you're like, <laughs> I am on top of I'm the fucking good. world. <laughs> and then like a week later, you're like, eh, kind of back to normal. Uh, I also have to mention the stat Craig cited which was incredible because the Raiders did all those things. Cause the Raiders, Adam Schefter tweeted out today that the Raiders first um, seven or eight games of the season. I forget the Raiders had under 21 points and under hundred rushing yards and a turnover in every single individual game. And they were the first team to do that in each of their first eight games of the season since the 1941 Cleveland Rams. <laughs> Wow. And I couldn't help but go to the 1941 Cleveland oh, Rams roster yes. and just peruse and find myself a little Johnny Drake. Yeah. Parker Hall. Marty he Slovak. He was a PI on the side. Marty Corby Slovak. Davis. <laughs> but my favorite being Owen Goodnight. <laughs> it's like a comic book name. Owen Goodnight. <laughs> Who ran for, and I shit you not, 21 carries for negative 54 yards. What? What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. know. This I don't know. Dude, Heifetz, there's a guy on this team named Red Hickey. Red Hickey. Wait, doesn't Owen Goodnight sound like a character from like Cal, not like, like, like a Will Ferrell character or something? Not only is he Owen Goodnight, <laughs> Owen he's Goodnight. Owen Goodnight Jr. His dad was like, we got to <laughs> rub his back. Owen I mean, Goodnight Jr. He played that, for one just, season in 1941, and then I presume he went to war. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I mean, probably Did you right. Check his bio. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should, oh no, he didn't. Okay, made it to 1967. He, he passed. So he didn't. Well, he could have still gone to war. Maybe he didn't die. Yeah. No. That. Another yeah, shockingly short Wikipedia page. Came back. Owen Goodnight. Owen. <laughs> I didn't know they made Wikipedia pages this short. Anyway, yeah, Owen Goodnight. That's, that's he went so to uh, Hardin Simmons University. <laughs> okay, Hardin's. Oh my, Hardin the so Hardin right. Simmons pipeline to the NFL. <laughs> Do they have any other NFL Guys, players? If you look up Red Hickey, I, the, the images are not Don't. correct. <laughs> <laughs> I could have told you that they're not a football player. Images. Did you Google Red? Um, wow, Red Hickey's bio is way longer. I think it's WebMD. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Uh, Look at that. He was a naval gunnery officer in World War II. Of course, he was. It's like, and wow. he also started Sony Pictures. He was a coach. <laughs> yes, he was a coach and an executive with the Cowboys, or a scout, I should say. Okay. Red Hickey. I think all the Cowboy fans are like pissed off at us right now for not knowing who Red Hickey is. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. 
This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Last one we have to do here. Josh Dobbs. <laughs> we should have led with this. We should have. <laughs> Quantum Leap found a host body. I don't know. Whatever Just you want to say. An evil spirit. He needs to possess a body, a different body every six weeks to keep, to stay alive. <laughs> I, the prologue, If in case you missed the greatest thing I've ever seen. Not, not really, but like I do think this is why the NFL makes $14 billion a year is because of this game. It's not Mahomes. It's not Burrow. It's like this happened, and this is why. The Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. They're out. He's out for the season. Vikings turn to fifth-round rookie out of BYU, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall gets concussed on the second drive of the game trying to be a hero, and Vikings turn to Josh Dobbs, and... As in Josh Dobbs, like needing a host spot to just start. Like Josh Dobbs, having been on the Vikings for five days, Josh Dobbs. And these details are from ESPN's Kevin Seifert, who did a great job chronicling this. The details are astonishing. Josh Dobbs did not take a single rep with the offense in practice this week. Not uh, like not one. Didn't take a snap from center Garrett Bradbury until he was on the sideline. Hadn't thrown a pass to anybody. Didn't know people's full names. And the Viking, like he gets, so Jaron Hall gets hurt. Josh Dobbs on the sideline trying to learn the offense. The Vikings offensive line comes over and goes through the five cadences. Cadences. The cadences are what the quarterback says out loud to snap the football. Like, think about, think about this. He didn't know how to get the center to snap the ball. He had done it, but like, nobody told him. This is a guy who doesn't know his way around the fucking Vikings facility. Like he would have to ask somebody had to get to the bathroom. Like <laughs> not said the cadences out loud to other players until he right before he went into the game. And then Dobbs is calling the plays in from the radio, but he doesn't know what the words mean. So he's calling the plays in and then the players have to tell him what's going to happen on the play. So the receivers have to tell him the routes <laughs> And then Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, is in the radio 
saying the play to him. He says the players, the players tell him the routes and then, Kevin and then he lines up and the play clock's ticking down and Kevin O'Connell's trying to explain like what's going to happen and what the vibe is and <laughs> it's, where he it's, should look. It's like you're like nine years old out in front of your house and you're like drawing like routes on your palm. Like that you was go essentially you go what deep. Kevin O'Connell, yeah, button hook right here. Guy on the right's going deep. Except if like it was happening and like everyone was speaking Spanish and you just spoke English. And so you're saying the words and then you had to explain it back to you because you didn't know what they meant. Not to mention he didn't have Justin Jefferson. KJ Osborne went out with a concussion. Cam Akers tore his Achilles, who, by the way, which is a horrible story that Cam Akers tore his second Achilles tendon. But Cam Akers was supposed to be after Jaron Hall got hurt. Josh Dobbs came in. They announced that Cam Akers was the backup to Josh Dobbs. So literally the second Josh Dobbs gets to Minnesota, like the evil spirit he is, the only other two players on the team that could play quarterback get hurt. And then it's Josh Dobbs' team. This is, so this is truly like a nightmare situation. Like I've had nightmares about this where I'm like, you get into a, it's, it's quantum, quantum leap. leap. You get into a situation, you're in a new body, you're a new, you're a surgeon and you have to figure out how to do fucking surgery by having someone explain to you how to do this. It started exactly as bad as you think, which is they got the ball inside the five and he immediately just got sacked for a safety. He didn't know where his and then, players were going. Didn't know where the players were. <laughs> and then he fumbled. And then uh, the, opened the second half, he fumbled again. So like, it's literally, I wrote down Vikings disaster game. And then from that point on that I wrote down Vikings disaster game, 21 second half points for the Vikings. Josh Jobs gets a touchdown drive. Goes, gets the two-point conversion to tie it at 21. Falcons kick a field goal, go up by three. Dobbs drives down, throws the game-winning touchdown pass. And he looked good. He was, like, running all around. He was 20 out of 30 for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Also led the team in rushing. Seven rushes, 66 yards, and a score. So This guy's incredible. All, all this leads me to ask, DK, you are, in all seriousness, you are one of the smartest people I know with football. You, like, you actually get smarter every single year. And I respect your volume, your knowledge of the game so much. And so I ask you this question. Do football players need to practice? <laughs> Not if you're Josh Dobbs. I mean, look, all the best players don't watch tape. Tyreek Hill doesn't watch tape. Gronk, like, basically didn't watch tape. <laughs> Josh Dobbs doesn't even need to be on the team. He doesn't even need to know the plays. Josh Dobbs, is se he's second in the NFL at quarterback in rushing yards. It's Lamar Jackson and Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs had more rushing yards in this game than B. John Robinson. Jeez. Uh, he this found is his crazy. Host. I'm excited to see I, what I, team he's on in a month. <laughs> so he's been crazy. on three teams, by the way, in the, in the last three months. I think all the stuff about the NFL being rigged is frankly like ignorant and people like it always, I feel like it's very silly and all like every time people go like, oh, rigged, it's like, unless it's a joke, I'm always, I, I teensy tiny per percent think less of you. If you actually genuinely believe like there's like the refs have like rigged anything instead of just being bad at their jobs because they're 60 and trying to spot a ball with their fucking eyes. However, if it ever came out, the NFL was rigged, I would look back on this game and feel really stupid. In the in the last 12 months, he's been on five teams. Five teams. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, there was so he's on he's on the Vikings. He was on the Cardinals. He was on the Titans and the Steelers before that. Who was he on before that? He was on the Browns and then the Lions. Oh, the Browns. That's right. Also, can we talk about Lions? how the Falcons? <laughs> could we talk about how the Falcons could have had Josh Dobbs for his sixth round pick? Oh, yeah, by the way, the Falcons lost to the guy that had never <laughs> didn't know the plays.
He could have just been on this team. <laughs> Didn't know the fucking names of his teammates in the Falcons <laughs> lost to that guy. <laughs> he's like, what do I say? Can you imagine? So what do I say? Like blue 42. And he's like, and then you'll snap it. He's like, yeah, he didn't. He'd never taken a snap with the there team. Needs to be like a movie made about today. Honestly, <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is like the Forrest Gump thing. It's like, go, go out there, go that way. And he just goes. <laughs> but quarterback. But like also not because he's insanely smart. Even Forrest Gump was like, should we have him be quarterback? And they're like, no, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Like he probably had to introduce himself to many players after the game. <laughs> Josh. Uh, what if the Michigan staffer guy was like on the sideline? Do you think he would know that he wasn't on the team? <laughs> uh, uh, also, DK, I would like to congratulate you because you're, you're like multi-year campaign of hatred against Arthur Smith probably really um, crescendoed today when, yeah, losing... As cool as it is, and it's like the funniest mix of funny for the Vikings and also like actually teamwork and sappy and like, wow, Ted Lasso, look like what we can accomplish when we all believe. But holy shit, can you imagine being the Falcons and reading this? And like, he didn't know the fucking plays. Like, the quarterback didn't know the, the snap counts and you lost the game. Yeah, DK, uh, your hatred of Arthur Smith is really aging quite nicely. Uh, I, I feel like everyone's kind of coming around. You know, they killed Galileo for thinking the world was round. <laughs> that's that's kind of you right now. Dude, It's so it's funny because it's not even so much that I quibble with how he uses his players anymore, even though I do, because by the way, there was a there was a second core possession that basically perfectly sums up like his hubris as a play caller and as a person where... They got a sack fumble return on the one-yard line. First play was a false start. Next play was a pass to Jonu Smith, who is their number two tight end. The next play was a handoff on a sweep to Jonu Smith, who is, again, their number two tight end. The next play was a run by Tyler Algier, who is their backup running back. And then they kicked a field goal. So this, to me, is like, did it even occur to you to maybe use the guy, the running back that you picked in the top 10, like several months ago? Did it even occur to you to maybe give him a chance to score a touchdown? No, it didn't. And it's like, this is, to me, it's like he gets so mad at fantasy football people. By the way, it's not just fantasy football people anymore. He was getting mad at people for uh, making fun of Desmond Ritter, the toxic group think that said that people thought Desmond Ritter should be benched. And then, by the way, like several days later, he benched Desmond Ritter after saying that. Um, He also went after Kurt Warner last week. Uh, he's like, I don't give a rat's ass. He's basically, he, he was really going- lost the plot with Kurt Warner <laughs> because like the fantasy football people, he was like, yeah, you're asking about running back rotations, like Bijan's touches, like, you know, they got world politics. You have opinions on that too. And then Kurt Warner hall of fame fucking quarterback was like, this offense doesn't really make sense. And Arthur Smith literally was like, Okay, Kurt Warner, I bet he wants to solve the world's problems too. I'm like, dude. that dude literally is in the hall of fame. So, like, ultimately, I think I've come full circle where if someone were to ask me if I had a problem with the way that Arthur Smith utilizes his players, I'd be like, not nearly as much as I do with the attire he has on or his just his general point of view towards everybody, but I'm going to go kill some birds. I'm psyched. Basically, it's like <laughs> fucking Sack Lodge from Wedding Singer. Just a, he's just a jerk. Like, I just don't like him. He's just talks down to everybody at all times. I think I see what you saw earlier than me, which was, there really is an incredible condescending billionaire tone to all of this. Every which question. I didn't really, every time anyone thought, questions anything. I kind of sympathized with him when he was being asked these things, but they were like winning games. Yeah, we were like, oh, three and one. And I was like, I, well, yeah, okay. We're like, they're three and one. And 
if Ritter hadn't fumbled, they would have beat the Bucks by like 30 points. So I, I, I see why he's upset. Dude, they lost this game. Josh Dobbs handed them eight points. Like he took a safety. He turned the ball over twice in a field goal. Like the crazy part is if he hadn't done the turnovers, like the Vikings would have won by double digits. By the way, his call, his his record as a head coach is 18 and 25. It's like not even very good. Like I also think Arthur Smith gets <laughs> credit for the Titans. Here? The Titans, Arthur Smith did have AJ Brown, peak Derrick Henry, and like the top three offensive line in the league. And I will say I think about that more now. Because the B. John Robinson usage, it is like the stepbrothers. It's like, all right, now the tuxedo seem kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's kind of weird that you took this guy really high know. and I, just I'm, keep playing the other guy. I just think so. Heifetz, like, you know, some people like you got, we got in a big fight because I really like bread and I, like some people we're can't take talk a joke. about this. So well, that's like not really... I couldn't take the joke when we were talking about bread and Arthur Smith can't, he can't react to anything. Anyone says bad. Like, well, this is like a vital thing to be a head coach. It's classic billionaire mentality, kind of. You know what I mean? Give me my armchair psychology, my yeah. quick armchair psychology. Total guess, but I also think I'm right. Okay. Obviously, this is unconfirmable. Okay. I think that Arthur Smith has worked so hard to prove that he has not been handed things like favors by his dad, like, you know, FedEx and all this stuff, that I think that the first round picks and Pitts and Bijan being chosen so high, I think that there is something very deep about the feeling of everyone has to earn it. Every My team, everyone has to earn their keep and he can't just hand the job or hand the role to Bijan or Pitts just because they were taken very high because everyone has to earn it here because deep down, you know. Oh, that's like some psychoanalyzing there, yeah. It, it, honestly, it's hard to explain at this point how like Kyle Pitt, like the, they drafted two guys in the top 10 and they're just not on the field. So and you're equating point, getting you're like, drafted in the top 10 to like being a Nepo baby. Like it's a Nepo I, draft player. I think he's so afraid of being a Nepo baby that he equates them. Yes. Which is funny because I, I, B. John Robinson did prove his worth by being the, the, a top yeah, but, 10 pick in the draft. By being, being the be best great running back in college football. By the way, 15 touches for Tyler Algier today, 14 for B. John Robinson. Well, B. John fumbled and then he, was, he got pulled for a little bit. Oh, that'll show him. Yeah. Did they win the game? Uh, no, they lost to Josh Dobbs, an evil spirit. <laughs> All right, DK, you were you were right about this one. I mean, look, right, yeah, I don't know. Guy. Like, maybe I'll, maybe they'll end up winning more games, but like, generally speaking, I just have a big problem with his general view towards everybody. So, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I would like to say we we we, we did we did uh, start well with the burn book. Week one, we burned Drake London, and then week two, we burned Kyle Pitts. You got a yeah. fucking problem with that, Jeremy? You got a fucking problem with that? <laughs> Decimated three, the quail population, or whatever. The grubworm population. <laughs> grubworm population. <laughs> got a fucking problem with that? I know we're going to get a trivia question about the grubworm population. Um, <laughs> week three, Najee Harris. Week four, we burned Dallas Goddard. Week seven, we burned Damian Pierce. Week eight, we burned Miles Sanders. I don't know if we did burn anyone week five and six. I think we forgot. And so here's what I'm thinking. In the Great British Baking Show this season, there was a thing where someone couldn't finish the competition this weekend, so they didn't do anyone, and then they're going to eliminate two people. And I think that because I forgot to burn people a couple times, I think we should burn two people this weekend next. Okay. Oh. Did we burn Daniel Jones? Oh, I think, I mean, I think we were gonna, and then he had like a spinal injury. 
So would you like, I mean, you can nominate him. You want to no, nominate no, the no, guy that, with the spinal. Fine. No, just neck injury, ACL. Go ahead, burn him. Burn no, him, no, no, no. Uh, let's do, let's do two. <laughs> I like that. No, no. Craig like immediately backtracks. <laughs> I'm going to nominate Tony Pollard, and I and that's a real admission of of, of just a, a terrible take by the three of us. We went on the Bill Simmons podcast and all said that he is our favorite player in, in drafts this year. And you, did we say this like three days ago that like he's still a buy low, more yeah. or less? And look, I, I still <laughs> think he is, and it may be week sixteen, okay. and I'll still be saying that. But we we can we next can next year we next fall we can burn we'll him. Look this. The, the numbers on him, look, we always said like the, the Cowboys hadn't played a normal game yet. This was a normal game. And you know what? Once again, he had seven points today. It was against the defense that's like giving up the fewest points running backs, though. Yeah, but I, he's not, he didn't do it through the air. It doesn't matter. I mean, look, if you look at his stats, basically since week two, he hasn't done anything. He's averaging like 12 carries a game. I, I'm on two points. I actually think wanting to burn him is why he's still a buy low because the people who drafted him are kind of like, I'm kind of sick of this guy. Having said that, I agree with Craig that he is. In fact, I think we put him in the bird book. The worst thing that happens is he makes us look dumb again and he gets better. I mean, he's had, he's had over 10 points once since week three. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's tough out there. Burn his ass. Even Ramondre Stevenson's better now. I mean, he's like Javante Williams now. What's the Cowboy schedule like coming up here? We can burn Tony. My question is, can we burn Tony? Can we also burn Calvin Ridley, even though, um, He's on buy? No, I think Cowboys rule, you can't the, burn a can guy. Buy. The Cowboys play the Giants next week. <laughs> Just say yeah, it. Yeah, you should buy low on Tony Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely buy low. He's going to have four touchdowns. He's going to throw week. that out there. He's going to have 30 points. I don't think we can do Ridley. Ridley's coming off a buy. The week before that, he had 83 yards. You can't do that to my boy. DK Metcalf? Dude, oh, DK Metcalf's a great one. That one hits What's close What's he to up home? to? Is it because like that's the crux of your relationship with your dad is texting about you? <laughs> yeah, psychoanalyzing. Stop psychoanalyzing people, <laughs> Heifetz. Um, no, I kind of understand. I mean, I understand the frustration with that. I, I got a lot of texts and, and tweets today about whether I'm still pro Gino because Gino obviously had a very tough game and the Seahawks offense in general was, was just atrocious. But yes, I'm pro Gino. I, I actually would understand if you want to if you want to burn DK Metcalf though. I mean, he's essentially Michael Thomas this year. Sucks. Wow, when you put it that way. I mean, the guy hasn't had more than 14 points this year, and he hasn't had more than 10 since week four. One catch for 50 yards today. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. He's he's like, I was going to say it's Noah Brown, but Noah Brown had a great day. DK Metcalf wishes he was Noah Brown. DK, do you do you approve burning DK? Yeah, you're the DK here. We can't burn a DK without DK's input. Or do you think he's been okay? Uh, I mean, I think he's been okay, but I I understand the desire to want to burn him, so I'm going to okay it. All right, DK Metcalf you're in the burn book with Tony Pollard. Ouch! They're very different sized people too, which is kind of funny. Um, but they're going together. Geno Smith, by the way. We know. So stop asking me. All right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, producer Carlos, for producing this episode and defending his honor. Thank you. Emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Emails, trivia questions for waivers. Uh, I'll take any Owen Goodnight, you know, grubworm population. Emails, anything that we got going <laughs> on. grubworm um, population. <laughs> email, well, emails, anything. Um, thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Will Smith. 
AKA yeah. the oh Fresh God, Prince. So many. Okay. Okay. People okay. were mad at us. Rightfully so. Okay. So we were talking about rappers who had made the transition acting and who did the best job. And then, we, you know, we were talking like, like who was the biggest rapper to go and, from rapping to movies? DK said Will Smith. And Craig and I immediately were like, he's an actor who rapped. My God. My, all of my, you in my SpongeBob millennials. I'll take some of the blame, though, too, because I should have known because I'm actually of the generation that should have known this. Probably you guys are way too young for this, I think. But um my memory is fuzzy, as you all know, and I didn't really remember exactly the timeline of it. But yes, we were very, very wrong. Uh, Will Smith was a very big rapper before. Yeah, much more prolific of a career musically than I had known. I had no clue that Will Smith won a Grammy before the Fresh Prince. I thought Will Smith was on the Fresh Prince and used the Fresh Prince fame to begin a music career. And you then thought his my big, God, first big song was Big Willie Style. Yes, I did. <laughs> Somebody that's, was that's making true. fun of us for that, I think. Uh, do you guys, have you even heard the song Parents Don't Understand? So he won a, he won a Grammy for that in 1989. And then- That's so, crazy, 1989? I had like, no Like when I think idea. of Will Smith's musical career, I think of like Wild Wild West. Yeah, Miami. <laughs> See, this is what people were very upset about. So like this is, I literally thought that, because Mike, if he was good, I assumed he would have been good. I don't know. So his, I, his I, song I, Summertime also won a Grammy. That's the song I associate most Will Smith of like the DJ Jazzy Jeff era. Right, um, even though right. that wasn't like it, maybe his biggest one, but that one came in 91 after he had started on Fresh Prince. So basically Dude, I the story Jazzy is- Jazzy Jeff was the guy who came to the house and like Fresh Prince. Yeah, they know, built a sitcom a around guy. him essentially, around him and DJ Jazzy Jeff. And so um, this, is the, this is the very generic background that people explained to us because they were very upset with us for not remembering this uh, or not knowing it. But basically Will Smith, as the story goes, more or less got into acting because he- had a massive tax debt that he needed to pay off because he wasn't like the IRS was like garnering his weight or garnishing his wages, garnering. What is, what's the word? Garnish. Garnish. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Anyway, they were taking his money. Um, and so he needed to make more money. And so they, he, I guess, NBC like built a sitcom around him. And that's how he got into acting. Yeah. Wow. I, just, I didn't a, know that a, a massive blind spot. Like I'm thinking of like Will Ennium. That's in my head. That's what Will Smith. I mean, I, I should have, I should have been stronger in my defiance to to both of you guys for that because I knew this like in the back of my head. I just didn't remember it quickly enough because I knew he was like a big, you know, music star back in the day. And then it was it coincided with the show. I just didn't know what was actually first. So, yeah. So then in that case, Will Smith would certainly be. The, he, but he still almost ruins the question. But yeah, he would he would get the best transition. But yeah, sorry. Everyone emailed us. The other person was shut out. Method Man who's absolutely unbelievable in The Wire and actually just didn't like get handed it. He went and auditioned for the role and he just showed up and like people were auditioning for the part and Method Man was just he was like, like a method people. actor, if you will. Um, also heard Queen Latifah was a big one. Oh, wow. That, that's actually- Yeah, Queen Latifah, yeah, not bad. You know, there who else, there. Did, who we else met, did we forget? Did you get- Eminem who? was like the whole eight mile Eminem thing. Did no, we say that? he- you can't be your only acting thing be about your own life. That's like not acting. He's just playing himself. Is that even acting? That's fair. I, I think so. Fair. Be you. That's not what you tell actors. They're, it's the only job is to not do that. Did we say ludicrous? Because was that how we got on the discussion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talked yeah. about, we talking about Fast and Furious. Anyway, sorry for being dumb and not remembering Will Smith's history. Well, I didn't remember. I was not born. 
So that was a huge. Reason. I mean, you could like read a book or listen to music, you know. Even Wikipedia works. I think it's Dude, best I, I, we keep Will Smith's name out of our mouths. <laughs> 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 oh boy. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.